Thank you so much for tuning in again to this episode, this new episode. If you listen to the previous episode, which I believe you did, if you did not, please take time and go and listen to it. Um, one of the things we were trying to establish is uh, turning believers to believe in God again. Um, one of the goals of this podcast is to draw believers closer and closer to Jesus to establish them in the knowledge of the truth. Um, Paul said something in Romans. He said, I bear record of them that are in Israel that they they have a zeal for God, but not with knowledge. So it's one thing to have a zeal and be serving God. It's another thing to have knowledge, uh, the full knowledge of God and be serving God in knowledge. And that's one of the goals that we are we're we are trying to establish here. I pray in the name of Jesus that as you listen to this, your heart will be open and you will be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you open every heart, soften every stone heart and draw them closer to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, thank you again for tuning in. In a previous episode, we established that there are a lot, uh, there, there, there's a lot of believers who do not believe in God or to a certain extent do not believe God fully. They believe some part of God, but they do not really truly believe everything God, God has said or who God is. And so in this in this episode, um, we will establish a few things. Um, I, I will want to title this one, The Integrity of God's Word. The reason I entitled it The Integrity of God's Word is because we'll be looking through scripture of God's track record. You know, he says, trust in me with all your heart and with all your mind and, and, and lean not on your own understanding. If God tells you that, it's only fair that you check his track record. If if a man stands before you or if anybody stands before you and say, hey, trust me, you know, you, you, you get on a flight and they, the, the pilot or the captain introduces himself and you, you truly want to know who this captain is. Uh, most times they, they will establish their 
their their their profile. Oh, I have two thousand hours of of flying, or I have fifty thousand hours of flying, or I have a hundred thousand hours of flying. Successful flights. Uh, I've completed X Y Z number of landings. That is him establishing himself, uh, because you 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 will you will get into a, a place where you you may want to doubt his ability to be the captain of the plane and so if god is going to be the captain of your life it's only fair that you know who he is and we can only establish that through his word uh, by checking his word first um, we must first understand that god is not a man uh, that he should lie that he said in scripture um uh, he, he's not he's not a son of man that he should repent if he has said something he will do it um, and we are going to investigate this as well. Uh, we, he also said that my word will not fall to the ground and return to me void. And we also want to check his track record as well or on that line or in that line. So uh, this will be very, very much aligned to faith. Um, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And what is the word of God saying? Um, faith can only be established with the word of God, where the word of God is. You can only have faith on something that's tangible. For your faith to be real, you can only establish your faith on something that is tangible. And in this case, the word of God. But where does what does the word of God say? I say this because many of us as believers, we have chosen what to believe in scripture. I say this again, many of us as believers, born again believers, we have decided, we have chosen what we want to believe. There are parts of the Bible that you believe, there are other parts that you do not believe. Maybe for some reason you have tried it and it doesn't work, um, so you go ahead and establish that maybe this was just in the old testament um you know you you have that 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 pastor or that 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 brother in church or that sister growing up that family member who is supposed to be a church goer uh that they, they know how to pray they know how to read the bible they know how to talk bible and all that but you come to a certain place in scripture and they excuse you know we start making excuses um along the lines of but that was the old scripture uh that was the old testament or that was the old testament that was the new testament and all those things but truly if you believe in god his word will work for you um at some point the disciples with jesus came to a fig tree and jesus looked at the fig tree as as as, as a hungry man trying to find what he can he can eat from the fig tree and noticed that the, the fig tree did not have any fruits and so he cursed the fig tree uh, the next day when they were passing back through that same route scripture says his disciples pointed out you know as though in surprise um master look the fig tree that you cursed is 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 is, is has withered from the root and he said something he said if your faith if you have faith as small as a mustard seed you can tell this mountain be down removed and cast into the sea and it will obey you see this faith that we talk about, what is faith? What is faith? What is faith? You ask yourself, what is faith? You go to the scripture, scripture defines it as a substance of, of things hoped for. You know, the book of Hebrews, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But what is faith? 
What is this faith that the Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please God? Without faith, God cannot hear you. What is this faith? When you check the honor roll of faith, all this man that Hebrews talks about from Moses to Abraham and all the like through Joseph, he describes them as men of faith. faith these are men who put their trust in the spoken word of God. And we have the spoken word of God. I think that we are lacking so much in the word that is starting to affect us as believers. The word of God is so far away from our hearts. The word of God is lacking among us. That is why even the aspect, the phenomenon of, 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 of miracles is far away. Um, you, you, you have a certain group of Christians who, who's, who call some other groups of Christians as fake or using juju power maybe because they've not experienced God to a certain dimension uh, one of the great prophets of, of my time he said something he said the phenomenon of miracles of signs and wonders will be withheld from the church because it's not established on the two things that it's supposed to be established on number one is the word of God and number two is the Holy Spirit it is the Holy Spirit that acts on the Word of God that brings about the signs and wonders. It's the Holy Spirit that acts on the Word of God that brings about the answered prayers. It's the Holy Spirit that acts on the Word of God. And when we say acts on the Word of God, it is not the Word of God on your lips only. It is not the Word of God on your tongue only. It is the Word of God in your heart. It is not the Word of God that you store in your brain it is not the word of god that is in your bible it is the word of god that has moved from your bible come into your heart become one with you that means it has become an integral part of you that the holy spirit can act on to bring about what it says it can do for example healing scripture says by his stripes we are healed he was wounded for our transgression do you just pick up your bible and say by stripes we were healed he was wounded for our transgression therefore i'm healed now beyond what you have said the holy spirit must sit on top of it i say this and i'll come to the second part of of of, of this which is truly establishing relationship with the holy spirit or understanding our relationship with the holy spirit or understanding the role of the holy spirit and this is going to be a separate episode of its of its own without the holy spirit the word of god cannot make sense to you or cannot bring about what it says it can bring about i say this again without the holy spirit the word of god is just a paper just a piece of paper and at the same time, without the word of God, there is nothing the Holy Spirit can act on in you that can bring about results. You have seen a lot of Christians who have studied scriptures, you know, they have degrees, they have PhD, they have doctorate, they have all these things in their hearts, you know, in their bookshelves and all that. They have read the, 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 the Bible five times. The King James, the International Version, and all what, what, what version of, of scripture. 
but you look at their lives and you wonder does the word of god truly work does it truly work a man tells you he read genesis to 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 revelation four times this year and the year has not even come to an end and you're sitting in your house you've not even completed one chapter of the bible in the past week and you wonder how does this man do it you know these days we we we, we start to brag on the wrong things because if truly you have completed the word of god and i mean studying it i mean feasting on it <laughs> if truly you have taken the word of god and fed on it with all your heart and with the help of the holy spirit i repeat this again with the help of the holy spirit you know we cannot do it on our own that's why when jesus when jesus was was walking this earth in the physical because it's still here in the spirit he said he said something to the disciples before he ascended he gave them instruction to go and wait to wait for the promise of the father you see he told them he said go and wait for the promise of the father and when he comes he will remind you of the things that i've taught you he will teach you more and he'll show you things to come so it's with the help of the Holy Spirit that you can truly understand what the Word of God is. Now we are coming to the integrity of God's Word. But I want to establish this thing so we don't go about thinking that the Word of God or the Bible is a, is a novel that you can pick up and read through lines and read through several lines. So it is with the help of the Holy Spirit that you can truly understand the Word of God. You know, you've been a born-again Christian for many years so many years so many years you've been a born-again christian for all your life pretty much some of us who grew up in church um my grandmother especially while growing up the word of god didn't make any sense to me at all it didn't make sense to me and i noticed that throughout those throughout my 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 my, my years as a child i did not truly comprehend what god was saying you know, even though I had compiled many, many Sundays and many, many Sunday schools and many, many Wednesday midweek Bible studies services. But I truly did not have a full understanding of of who God was through his word. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had not sat on top of it. So first, we must establish relationship with the Holy Spirit. Until you ask me, Herman, how, how do I establish a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to be with you more than you want to be with him. It's many of us who drive him away. In Revelations, he said, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. He was writing a letter to the church. He said, I stand. Who is this? The Holy Spirit. Jesus in the Holy Spirit. He said, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If you will hear me and open up, I will come in and dine with you and you with me. What was the dining about? What do you dine with God with? <laughs> what do you dine with Jesus with? What can you feast on with? Is it is it is it food? Yes, it is food, but it's a spirit food. That is what he meant when he said, "If you open your heart, I will come in and dine with you and sup with you." On what the word of God? That is the food of the spirit. The word of God. That is the food of the spirit. You can come to a place where you have a very close walk with the Holy Spirit. It's so close that He will start talking to your ears. 
You can be at your job site and he's speaking to you. You can be driving and he's talking to you and he's telling you things. I remember, I remember many years, many years ago or a few years ago, rather five, when I say many years, I'm talking four, five, six years ago when I started getting closer and closer to the Holy Spirit. I remember I'll be in the bus sometimes and he'll start telling me things and I'll be writing them down and Many weeks, many months, many years later, uh, I'll maybe be going to a scripture or I'm listening to a message, maybe on YouTube or in church, and a scripture will be spoken. I remember like, hey, I heard this before. Oh, he told me this. Oh, wow, this is this was the word of God. I had no idea this was the word of God. So he, he wants to sup with you. He wants to dine with you. On what? On the word of God. That's the dining he's talking about. That's the table he's calling you to. So first he will dine with you and then you will dine with him. So he wants to dine from your table and then you will dine from his table. He wants to make a table one. So we can all dine on the same table, two of you. That is a fellowship. That is a fellowship. When Paul, every time he wrote his letters to the Corinthians and the Romans and he would talk about a fellowship of the Holy Spirit. A fellowship of the Holy Spirit is fellowshipping, that is feasting, that is ministering. So he can know what is in your heart and you can know what is in his heart and he can, we can exchange it, koinonia, that is relationship. That is the beauty of the walk with the Holy Spirit. You know, many people imagine the Holy Spirit like a wind, you know, you think when the Holy Spirit has to come in, he has to come. Many people imagine the Holy Spirit like goosebumps. Many people imagine the Holy Spirit like cold. You know, a lot of people have had different experiences. And so they, they think that that is who the Holy Spirit is. But the Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit. It's a gentle person. Anyways, like I said, this will be a separate topic um, for another episode. But we're focusing on the integrity of God's word. I want to read very briefly from the book of Hebrew chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 13 it said for what for when God made promise to Abraham because he could not swear by no greater he swore by himself saying surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise for men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wearing God willingly more, okay, wearing God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. Who have fled to refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which endureth into that within the veil, wherein the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Meshisedek. If you didn't get that scripture, make sure you go back and read it. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 13. You know, 
we, these days, these days, um, in America, when someone is trying to ask you and she said, I put that on my mama, or I put that on my life, or I put that on, 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 you know, they try to put it in something they love, you know, they swear, they're trying to, they're trying to swear to tell you how serious they are. And we want to swear, you know, we want to swear, um, to say, oh, I swear I'm telling you the truth. I will do this thing. And so even though scripture says thou shalt not swear by anything on the earth or above the earth, you know, or anything that's made by God, that's what the commandment says. But this was God. Uh, before he gave this commandment, he was talking to Abraham and he looked. Scripture says normally a man will swear by something that's greater than him. You know, he will make an oath by something that's greater than him. For example, a man will say, I swear to God. You know, like like we said in America's Bible, say I put it on I put it on God, or I put it on my life, or I put it on my mama, or I put it on my brother, and all that. But but this was God. He he said he he looked and said there was nothing else that was greater than him. So he swore by himself. So he put himself on the line when he was told when he was making the covenant. He put himself, he said, I swear on myself that in blessing, I will bless you, Abraham. He said, in blessing, I will bless you, Abraham. And verse 18 says, by two, two immutable things. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a physics student. When the word immutable is used, it shows that something that never changes. Therefore, it's not matter because matter changes states. Uh, but, but, but. God does not change. So the God of yesterday is the same God of today and is the same God of tomorrow. So he's saying by two immutable things, that means by two things that are unchangeable, he had to swear. One of them is that one, God does not lie. So it is impossible for God to lie. If God tells you it is A, it is A. His word is yea and amen. It is yea and yea or nay or nay. So number one immutable, number one immutable thing is that it's impossible for God to lie. So he said, he said that by two immutable things in which it, it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled the refuge to lay hold on it. Number one, because God does not change. Number two, because it is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. So two immutable things. So he checks it, he put it on, on himself. That is what God puts on his word. He puts it on himself. God, he puts it on himself. You know, when somebody says, hey, I will do this thing to you, you check the man's track record. Has this man ever lied? Has this man ever said something and did not do it? So who is God? Remember in a previous episode, we talked about knowing God. So when you know God, you establish a relationship with God. You have an understanding of who God is through his word. And then he's telling you that he puts it on himself. So he swore, he had to swear. For what reason? That we who are the heirs of hope, the heirs of salvation, we may come to, to something that we, we can lay hope of. Now, when you take hold on the word of God, you check on God's integrity. Why should I trust God? Why should I believe what his word has said? Again, 
we're making believers believe now. Why should I believe this part of the Bible? Why should I believe this God? Why should I believe this word? He has believed the word because he has put it on himself. That is the integrity of God. He put it on himself. He put it on himself. He put it on himself. The integrity of God's word. Isaiah 55. From verse 9. From verse 8 rather. Isaiah 55 from verse 8. For as the heaven from for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, said the Lord. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, this is God again, is telling you, he says, For as the rain comes down, and the snow also falls down and does not return but it waters the earth and makes it to bear food that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth he said it shall not return unto me void for it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where do I send it shall establish that which I please. It shall establish that which it goes forth out of my mouth for. Check God's track record. Check his track record. In the life of the men of old. The men of old. From Abraham. Through Moses. Through David. Through Joseph. Every time God says a thing. He's able to establish it integrity of God's word every time God says a thing he's able to establish it it is left for you and I and it's you listening to me now and me myself speaking now to act on it that is the fate that is what our fate is built on the word of God fate comes by hearing and hearing the word of god so first you must establish it from his word and then trust in his word that his word will not go forth without coming back with fruit and that is what your faith is hanging on that is what your faith is built on faith the great man of god that i'm talking about prophet tb joshua he said something he said faith becomes risk when it is not rooted on what god has said faith becomes risk it is a risk you know you can have faith in anything you can have faith in a man you can have faith in your politicians you can have faith in your teacher you can have faith in your father you can have faith in whatever but faith is much more tangible when you put it on something that is immutable and that is the word of god all through all through the old testament he starts talking to he starts making promises and talking about how he will send a prophet, he will send a man, he will send a man, he will establish, he will do this, and he will do this, and he will do this. And he's talking about the, 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 the inheritance, the promises that he made to Abraham. And he's still establishing it. That is the God that we serve. That is the God we serve. So today, what is your faith built on? What is your life built on? Do you understand the integrity of God? I can make a promise to you and fail. I can tell you I'll give you $5,000 tomorrow. 
you call me tomorrow, I'm not there. My phone doesn't ring. Maybe I'm at the hospital. Maybe I'm not walking this earth anymore. Maybe I don't even have that money anymore. Maybe I gave you yesterday, but today I'm not able to give you because I change. Man changes. Humans change. Everything changes. But God does not change. And if God does not change, that is something I can talk about. Like a songwriter, the psalmist, he goes, you are someone to talk about. Jesus is someone to talk about. Jesus is someone to talk about. Jesus is someone to talk about. I want to establish this last fact before we round up. And this last fact that I want to establish is how do you put a trust in, in someone who has not proven himself beyond reasonable doubt. Jesus said something, he said, greater love had no man than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friend. Greater love had no man at any time than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friend. You see, when I, when I look at my relationship with God, Every time I want to waver, I want to doubt, I think of Jesus' life that he gave on the cross. You know, someone will love you so much that he puts his life on the line, that he dies for you. I have no other reason to not trust that person. There's no other reason to not trust that person. He will die for you. You know, we make a lot of promises these days. You have your lover, your, your wife, your child, whatever, your, your friend. Your parents, you tell them, I will die for you. Oh, you profess your love, I'll die for you. But have you truly died for them? For Jesus to take your place, to die for you. For Jesus to die for you. You know what that means? That means he will do anything else for you. If a man can die for you, that means there's nothing he cannot do for you. That's every reason to trust in what he has said. You know, when I was growing up, I heard about, I've never seen anybody do it in this life, but I've seen, I've heard about blood oaths where a man who make a, an oath with somebody he has trying to make it, he has a relationship with or whatever that is, and he will cut his blood and they cut their blood and they exchange it because of the, they understand the power in the blood. But this is Jesus. He put his blood on the line. He shed his blood. He said, this is me. I'm laying my life down for you. I want to be one with you. I want to love you. I'm here to save you. I'm here to make you free, to release you, to pull you out of the darkness, to make you alive again. And if you read through the book of John, Jesus said it many times. He said, the words that I speak, they are not of me. He's speaking of God. He came to us to, to reintroduce us to God, to first reconcile us to God and then reintroduce us to God. It is this faith that we have that Paul spoke about that we can call him Abba, Abba. So whereby we cry Abba, Father, Abba, Father. So I know this was short, but I hope I established some facts. God is not a man that is your lie. He's unchangeable. He lays life down for you. What else do you need him? Check his track record. He said his word would not go forward and come back to him without establishing the reason why it went out. What else? What other reason do you need to trust in his word? Why do you select what you want to believe in scripture and not believe everything else? 
Why do we choose? Why are we picky in scripture? Why are we picky in scripture? One time the Holy Spirit asked me, said, how do you know you're saved? How do you know that you are born again? I said, because I am born again. He said, and how so? Why do you think so? I said, because scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. He said, do you believe that you're saved? I said, yes. He said, how much do you believe? I said, I believe. That's why I'm standing here praying. That's why I don't go about every day saying the repentance or or, or um, the the prayer to to the, the the prayer for 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 you know being born again. I don't have to say it every day. He said, "And you're truly convicted." I said, "Yes." He said, "You see your approach." He says, "You see your mindset." You see, you see the heart that you have. That is faith, right? I said, "Yes." He says, "That is the same faith that you need to establish whatever it is that you need that is wrapped up in the Word." Is it healing you're looking for? The moment you 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 believe it, it is yours. Believing, believing, believing is our connection. The moment you believe it, the moment you study it, you wrap it around your heart, you you did you make it one with you? That moment you believe whatever happens after that is faith because that is your action. So in our next episodes, we're going to talk about a relationship with the Holy Spirit and we'll talk about faith more and more and more in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. I pray the Lord blesses your heart. I pray he sanctifies your heart. I pray he draws you closer to him. Draw them closer, Father. Draw us closer to you, Holy Spirit. We want to know you. Like you said in Ecclesiastes 12, Remember ye your creator in the day of your youth, while the evil day come not. This day, Lord, as we remind, remember you. We ask that you will draw us closer. We open up our hearts to you. We ask that you come in more and more. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Love you so much. See you on the next episode. God bless you. Share this with somebody who you think should hear this. In Jesus' mighty name.